Creativity, ideas, and passion. Welcome to the Girls Invent podcast. In this series, we talk to amazing women who, when challenged, have successfully reinvented themselves to take on what life throws at them and build truly authentic lives. At Girls Invent, we also run an inventing and business development program that enables girls to create unique product ideas and turn these into successful businesses. Here is your host, Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Girls Invent podcast. This is Mark Glazebrook, co-founder, and today I'll be your host. Today, we're very fortunate to be speaking to Ashling McCarthy, a AFLW player, um, and she's speaking to us uh, all the way from uh, Tipperary in Ireland, which is great of her to, uh, to dial in. How are you going, Ashling? Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. I was hoping that um, I might pick up an, an Aussie accent after the time you spent here. Any uh, words you've picked up? Um, I picked up a few words, but I suppose my roots are, are quite strong, so um, uh, it didn't influence me me too much. But um, no, there's a there's a bit of uh, lingo that I, I would have picked up. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what we can do about that when you come back uh, later in the year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to heading back soon, so um, should be good to get, get another summer in um, over in Australia. Exactly. So um, what I'd like to uh, touch on first is, uh, I, get, I guess, get people to know a little bit more about you as a person. Um, they can read a lot about you um, online in terms of your football career, but um, I'm just interested if you could talk a little bit about your early life, um, something that, um, or some experiences you want to share with um, the people listening, and I guess how those experiences might have helped you um, get up to your kind of football career. Yeah, um, so currently I'm um, 23 years old, um, and I'm from a small town care in County Tipperary, which is in the south of Ireland. Um, so I'm still living here and I've lived here all my life. Um, so early on, um, I would have dabbled in nearly every sport. I would have played soccer with the boys. Um, and then I obviously started Gaelic football and also camogie, which is another, um, national sport that Ireland has. Um, so I was quite sporty, a bit of a tomboy, um, as I grew up and I just tried my hand at everything, but I suppose, um, Gaelic football was always the thing that that pulled me back um, towards it. And it was always the the thing I had the biggest love for. So um, I started playing when I was around seven um, and I'd be out in the garden playing with my dad and things like that um, as I grew up. And um, we used to have little tournaments with all, with the boys that are in my neighborhood as well. And we always used to, used to play together. So um, yeah, I just um, grew this, this love for it. And I continued to play through my teenage years and I was fortunate to make um, the County Tipperary underage team so that's kind of the highest level that you can play at um, at that age so I would have started playing at 12 I would have made the under 14 team um, and I progressed through up until I was on the under 18s um, so that's definitely the pathway that enabled me then to make my senior debut for the adult um, team when I was 17 so um, it's probably thanks to my parents as well, um, and also just the the tradition that's here in Ireland to to pick up the football or the hurley to go play camogie, and 
um, just have great pride in, in your roots and um, passion for our national games. Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting what you're talking about with the opportunity that you took up uh, in Ireland with, with the, the football. Um, I'm just reflecting on like AFLW and, and women's football is still pretty new here. Um, and I was commenting to my wife on the weekend, there's a local football, up, football club putting a poster up looking for girls from um, under sevens up to um, plus 17s. And that's the first time I'd ever seen that type of sign up. Is that an unusual thing in Ireland to encourage girls? And did you find that um, you were get encouraged all the way along? Were there some people who sort of said, oh, why are you doing this, Ashling? This, this is a man's game or something? Um, I suppose um, when I was younger, it would have been more um, male dominated and male orientated. But um, no, definitely, even when I was in primary school, um, girls would definitely be encouraged to be involved in sport. Um, and I suppose there's been adult teams there over the years, um, I think even back into the 1980s um, anyway. So like it is a big thing for girls to play sport and um, we take great pride in the sports that we have here in Ireland. Um, but I suppose I'm lucky that the era that I'm growing up in, um, there's a lot more media coverage here. Um, Little, which is um, a big multinational, has um, pumped millions into ladies' Gaelic football here. Um, and we have great um, links as well with the media. So TG Cahar is our um, national television um, line as well. And they they put all our matches and stuff um, on. So like it's kind of an era where that, um, I suppose, perception is changing um, and we're really trying to, to push it. And I think even more so in Australia, there there is a big um, push to change that perception and um, allow women to be accepted in, in the sport. Um, and I suppose the AFLW is is newer in that sense. And I know a lot of the girls my age that I played with in Australia hadn't had the opportunities to play during their teenage years. So um, they've only come back to the sport in recent years after maybe um, playing something else or being involved in something else because there wasn't those opportunities there. So I suppose the AFLW is seen as a is nearly a movement um, in Australia at the moment, just to try change those perceptions and break down those barriers for women in sport. But um, I think it's definitely um, a global phenomenon at the moment as well, just to to ensure that girls are being accepted and being encouraged, and um, that they are seen for for who they are and what they are, and um, that they do have a great skill set. Um, and that just it's not compared to the boys. It, it is kind of a different sport in that sense. It's played in a different manner um, and things like that. So there's no point in comparing uh, male versus female. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering about your experience here in Australia. It doesn't sound like you, you bumped into too many uh, critics or, you know, people who have said, you know, you shouldn't be playing this. Have you had an experience in Australia where somebody's questioned you playing football in, in Australia? Um, I probably would have been in a little bit of a bubble, I suppose, when I was in Australia. So I was in that environment where um, I was with the girls all the time. I was in the club. Um, but I suppose you just even have to look at social media and there would be a lot of negative comments on it. Um, 
I suppose one big thing that comes to mind is um, the Taylor Harris picture um, that went viral um, during the year. So I suppose there were some nasty comments on that and she she took a stand on it. And I suppose that's what the AFLW seems to be about is um, that you are promoting it in a good way and for what it is and that um, they're trying to change the perception. So I suppose you can just look on um, social media to see the negative comments, but the bubble that I was in in Australia, I wouldn't have been open, I suppose, to that um, criticism myself. Um, but I suppose definitely, I'd say the girls that I played with during their teenage years, it probably wasn't as easy. Um, they didn't have teams to turn to. They probably played with boys till they're about 12 years of age and they had nowhere to go. Um, and they were probably definitely told it's it's too rough, it's too physical, um, try something else. But um, I think that's what's driving on a lot of these girls because they're so passionate for it um, yeah. that they want to they want to play and um, they want to prove all these people um, wrong I guess. Exactly. Did you have a particular reaction when that Taylor Harris um, uh, you know experience happened? I mean it was awful for her but did you have a particular reaction to it? Um, well when I saw the picture at first I actually thought um, it was a great picture. It just showed her athleticism, I suppose, mm. and it was her trademark kicking style. Um, she's so good at grabbing marks and, and scoring goals. So um, it's kind of a, a trademark picture of her. So that was probably my initial reaction. And then um, I saw that, that I think it was seven AFL Channel 7 published it. And um, they then took it down when people were criticising underneath it, whereas um, they kind of gave in to to the critics so I suppose they should have stood a bit stronger in that sense so it's probably disappointed that um they didn't probably um, be stronger like in that regard but afterwards they obviously came out and apologized and uh Taylor talked really well um around it and um it definitely brought a lot of exposure to the game um as well um which is great obviously bad publicity and things like that aren't always um the best thing but it got people talking about the game and um it highlighted that there is people out there that are trying to tear down um i suppose the the progressions that the women's game is making and um that there's people willing to to fight against them yeah um, life would be a lot easier if, if uh you could just get on and do the things you love doing and not have to deal with all this um rubbish that people put out, but, um, you know, good on her and good on the code for, for standing by her. Um, I'm just thinking about your, your own personal setbacks, whether it's with footy or any other um, experience. Can you remember some times when, you know, you're really thrown backwards um, and you weren't sure whether to get up or not and, and what did you do about it? Um, yeah, I suppose most recently probably was... Um my opportunity in Australia, like I did find that tough. And I suppose when I came to round one, um, I wasn't selected. I was the first emergency. So it was a, a bit of a setback. I'd, um, this wonderful opportunity had come. Um, I'd moved away to the other side of the world to pursue um, this career in in Aussie rules. And um, I worked tirelessly before Christmas in pre-season um, and I suppose we got one opportunity to play a practice game against Collingwood and it was the first game I'd properly played um, and it probably didn't go as well as I'd like to have. I don't think I probably proved myself um, as much as 
as I wish I could have. Um, but I definitely worked hard after that at training. But when it came to selection, um, I wasn't named. So I definitely was second guessing um, why I bothered to come out to Australia, I suppose. Um, I was missing out on playing the National League Division One um, with my county Tipperary and they were playing massive double headers with men's games and stuff in big stadiums and they were making mm. history and strides um, at home. And I was second guessing why I decided to come to Australia and throw that away in, in a sense. Um, but I ended up going to the game as an emergency. So I had to prepare in case someone obviously got injured or something happened last second that I'd get called upon. But um, I used that experience just um, to benefit from it. So I hadn't ever obviously been to um, a proper premiership game. So um, I used the whole routine over over the weekend that when we traveled to Adelaide. So um, team meetings in the dressing room, um, seeing what the girls would do beforehand, the warm up, different things like that. And um, I just took from that. Um, and then I got my opportunity the next weekend um, against Geelong in round two. And I suppose, um, I probably nailed my spot then I scored a goal on my debut and um, I just kept working hard and I played every game since and um, I just got better and better each week so I think it's just when you get the opportunities to do things just to not put too much pressure um, on yourself and um, use what you can at that moment in time to to try to get the best out of it that you can and learn from it and when the opportunity comes up again, hopefully that you just um, grasp it with two hands and and work hard. And um, like I met up with our head coach for coffee and he'd go through different tactics and um, rules and game plans and everything that was completely new to me. Um, so they definitely put in the extra hours as well just to, to help me as well. So um, I just kind of used all the, the support network I could, but definitely that that week that I was out in Australia was probably lonely as well since like I didn't have my family out there um the girls that I've played with all my life were at home uh, enjoying um playing the, the sport I suppose the, the sport they're comfortable with as well um that's the one thing like I was completely out of my comfort zone um I probably miss Gaelic football in a way because um you're very aware of your decision making when you make a mistake or what what's the best thing to do next where Whereas each match, I was kind of only only getting a grasp of those little things um, each week when I was over here in Australia. But um, it worked out in the end and um, I got to come home in April and um, I'm playing the championship with Tipperary now and we have an All-Ireland final in, in two weeks. So um, I've got the best of both worlds and um, everything has worked out. So I suppose when you get little setbacks like that, you just have to have mm. to take it on, on the chin and, and work hard and take it for what it is and drive on. Yeah. Well, you sound like you've got a doubly busy life given that you're playing um, football in, in two hemispheres. So uh, you must have a lot of energy. Um, well, at the moment, with the the way the two um, the competitions are set out, it, it's perfect. It's the best of both worlds. So um, during our winter here, it's obviously your summer. So that's the when the AFLW games are on and then I obviously missed the National League um, but I came home and I'm I'm playing the championship which is similar to the premiership um, that we play in AFL so I played that for our summer so your winter um, so I've played that since about May and yeah we've the All-Ireland final in two weeks so once uh, hopefully we win that I'll um, knuckle down back to the 
the oval ball and um start practicing before I come out in pre-season in, in mid-October so yeah it's all pretty busy and I work as a physiotherapist on top of that so um wow. I'm kept wow. on my toes but you sound like three people not one uh you get used to it I suppose the the sport here isn't professional um that's the big difference we don't get any um, money for it and it's just um pride of of where yeah. you're from and things like that and that's the exact same with the boys um the All-Ireland final for the men's was actually on yesterday and like they packed the stadium out with like over 80,000 people and um, 15 versus 15 and they get nothing for it either but um, it's the biggest sport I suppose that we have here and um, mm. it's so similar to the AFL um, and the crowds that they get but um, it's just something that we've suppose um, learned to deal with since we were younger and we don't expect to get paid or anything so everyone has their own um, day job as well and you yeah. fit the sport in on, on the side. Okay. So experiences like that where you're wondering whether you made the right decision to come to Australia or something like that, do you have, I don't know, a, a way to help yourself through that? Like are there, are there key people that you reach out to, um, you know, uh, or, or is there certain things you go through? I mean, you're a disciplined person. Anything there that comes to mind? Um, yeah, I suppose um, I'm not perfect in how I deal with things anyway, but um, I probably took that quite badly that, that week. And um, for a few days, I probably kept myself for one or two days anyway and just um, didn't really open up to anyone and kind of bottled all that feelings up. And I suppose... It's, you're not kind of comfortable to speak to people that I probably only knew three months at this stage and they're all great, um, you know, consoling me and things like that. But I suppose just being comfortable with um, who, you, who you want to talk to and things. So, yeah, um, I guess I would have um, talked to my parents at home and um, different things like that. And I have friends and stuff I would have definitely um, talked to. Um, so it definitely helped. And after one or two days, you have to pick yourself up. I had training that week that I had to go to and um, I couldn't really go um, being upset or anything when the girls are preparing for a game at the weekend. So um, yeah. you just kind of have to deal with things um, in a way that you you think you will best. So some people might want to talk to someone straight away and they might want to talk to a stranger or something like that. But for me, I'd rather just keep to myself for a day or two, um, kind of get over it a little bit and then maybe talk to someone. So and I prefer talking to people that I'm closer to. So it's my parents or friends at home or mm. things like that. But um, like mm. the club had a great um, sports psychologist as well. So like she was available to talk to and um, she was young and really friendly and like she'd chat away anyway. She wasn't always wanting to to talk psychology with you. Like she was um, a great friend as well to have within the club. So, um, you know, there's definitely different supports that, that you could have, but it just made it probably a little bit extra hard the way I was miles away from home. Mm. Um, but um, it didn't, I suppose, take my experience of Australia. I thoroughly enjoyed it and um, I have a different perception um, or perspective, I suppose, as well when it comes to sport. Um, I guess with Tipperary, I would have been privileged enough to play um, a lot of games over the past number of years um, and got my starting, starting jersey. So... Um, to be that person in probably different shoes now where I where I wasn't given um, the jersey to play that weekend it just gave me a little bit of a 
a different perspective and kind of um I suppose an appreciation for the players that don't make panels and um squads and stuff like that for match day and what how they feel and um what they put into it and that they're as much a part of the match day or, or the final or the medal you win um than anyone. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh there's nothing like um missing out to realise kind of how fortunate you are when you do uh, get an opportunity. Um, it's pretty impressive, uh, Ashling, that we're way into the interview now and you haven't mentioned the Mighty Bulldogs once. <laughs> um, so, so this is your opportunity. Um, yeah, so I suppose um, the Western Bulldogs are the team that gave me the opportunity to come out and play um, AFL. Um, it first started with the Cross Coders program, so I got an Instagram message actually from Lawrence Spark, who's currently actually my teammate. Um, she was just wondering, was I interested in applying for um, basically a trial for the AFLW? So I actually kind of thought it was probably a little bit of a scam or something to start with because it was quite <laughs> random, the message to get. And I was like, why would she message me? But um, I just said, yeah, I'm I'm interested, and I sent on some footage of me playing Gaelic football, and then um, just some skills and things like that. So, um, ended up getting an email in about August saying, congratulations, you're invited out to Melbourne for a trial um, in September. So around this time last year, I headed out to to Melbourne for a week. Um, it was actually grand final week, so there was a real buzz around the place. Um, um, there was AFL everywhere and everything, so it was a brilliant week to be out out in Melbourne. Um, and we played games. Um, we played a game against some VFL girls, and we also had training sessions. Um, we went to clubs and we had interviews and things like that. So um, there was nothing cemented um, as I got on the plane to go home to Ireland. So I wasn't really sure um, where my future um, would lie with regards um, the AFL and things like that. Um, but the draft came up on the 23rd of October and um, where some Bulldogs um, put their faith in me and they picked me. So um, once the visa and everything was sorted, I flew out and um, yeah, it's a, it's a brilliant club. All the girls are so um, down to earth and um, they made me very welcome and everything. So um, they'd also won the premiership um, the year before. So I knew coming in that there was definitely going to be high standards and high expectations of me. So um, I just tried to meet all those standards that they set. But unfortunately, this year, it didn't quite go to plan. Um, we had a few losses on the trot and we didn't make um, the preliminary finals. But um, look, we put that behind us and we've learned a lot. So um, yeah. hopefully now going into next year, we'll, we'll give it a right shot again. <laughs> yeah, there's always next year. Yeah, that's true. So the next thing I'm interested in, um, it's kind of a bit of an unusual question, but I think I reckon any girls that, that are listening might be interested in your view, and that is you said you're 23. Um, if you could think back to when you were maybe 13 or 12, maybe given all that you've been through in the last 10, 10 or so years, is there anything you know that you would say to that younger self if you had the opportunity to um, to give her a bit of an insight about you know the next ten years? Um, yeah, I definitely say just to enjoy it. Um, I think um, these days, anyway, there's probably a lot of pressure 
on um, girls that are 12, 13, 14 and um, just don't kind of succumb to those um, expectations and things that people probably put on you from from the outside and if there's something that that you really want to do or something that you enjoy um, just go for it um, um, enjoy it and um, just don't put too much pressure on yourself and don't allow the external pressures either to to come on you I know I suppose um, you have exams and things that will come up over the years as well um, there'll be opportunities you want to go to university or get a particular job and things like that and um, I think at the time all these things seem like the end of the world but um, only in the short 10 years I suppose um, from those kind of times that um, there is definitely a way around all of that um, and at the time I suppose it doesn't feel like that but there's definitely different paths um, different routes and um, different ways to to get to where you want to be so um just don't panic, don't put too much pressure on yourself and um, just enjoy things as well. Great, thank you. So I did give you a warning earlier about this This next thing that I'm interested in, that is, is there a, a bit of a secret that maybe only a couple of people know about you or something that you'd like to tell tell us that, you know, I mean, in Australia we use the word daggy. Do you, do you know the word daggy? Daggy? No, I haven't heard of that one. Uh, Daggy's a bit like, you know, when you get around with uh, tracksuit pants and Ugg boots and, you know, you go go down the road and you're just feeling a bit kind of sloppy. So there might be a a daggy kind of pursuit that you like doing or interested in that you want to talk about, something a bit different. Um, I don't know. Um... I tried to think of this through the whole interview because I wasn't quite sure what I'd say. Um, I suppose like when I was younger, um, I talked about like I was into sports and all that, but I was definitely into art as well. So um, I did like art competitions and I was definitely probably a bit nerdy. Um, I was big into like maths and stuff in school and um, would study and my mom was a teacher. So um, we we're quite quite disciplined with regards um, the school side of things and that. But um, at the moment, no. Um, I just like the usual things, and um, I chill probably with a, a cup of coffee and a chocolate bar, just just the normal things. <laughs> Don't put too much pressure on myself with regards um, my diet and things like that. I just yeah. eat probably what I'm what I'm meant to with regards playing sport. But then I also have a few treats and things like that. But I don't think there's anything really, really interesting about me that people don't know. So, all right, I won't, I won't push it. Um, <laughs> so, you, you mentioned you're really interested in the language of Irish. Is that right? As a language? Um, well, more our heritage. So that's like where all the um, uh, Gaelic football, camogie, all that is from. So um, that's our, like our tradition, and it's in our roots. So. I think that's what's so special about about the sport, um, and I I don't I'm not like fluent in Irish, but um, we learn it in school, so it's it's our language, and um, I don't speak it at home or anything. But my cousins live up um, in a Gaeltacht, so it's like a pocket of Ireland that speak um, Irish, so they they'd speak it at home and things like that. Um, but like our matches are streamed um, on TG Cahir, which is um, our television. Um, channel 
our national television channels. So like they um, commentate all our games, um, which is in Irish. So um, it's definitely still there and it's rooted in our heritage, but um, mm. it's not in our everyday life. But there's definitely um, little snippets of it um, and definitely within our sport as well. Um, the Irish language and the sport and everything is all kind of rooted together. Yeah. Well, good on you for um, paying attention to that because, you know, whether it's in Ireland or other countries, a lot of young people aren't that interested in history. So uh, it's it's good to also be uh, aware of, you know, what's happened before as well as where you're going. Yeah, true. And I suppose um, with like GAA, which is the Gaelic Games here, um, it kind of depends, I suppose, um, where you're born into as well. So like different places in Ireland probably have stronger um, connections with it. And I suppose if your family, like your parents and stuff played before you, um, it's just something that's kind of brought down through the generations. But there is other people, obviously, that aren't interested in sport and things like that. So it's not like everyone everyone is playing it, but it's definitely um, a massive part of, of the majority of people's lives here. So um, and it's great. It brings everyone together even if there's great rivalries between um different teams and stuff it, at the end of the day um it brings everyone together as well yeah cool um just finally i'm just interested in your thoughts about girls invent so we obviously uh run programs entrepreneurial programs and business development programs for, for girls while they're at school um usually between about 13 and 17 something like that um is there anything that you've sort of thought about when you've you know thought about our program and linking it to your life i mean you're a physiotherapist you're doing so many things any any sort of thoughts you want to share to girls that might be listening that are trying to build their own business or build their own career um yeah definitely well i think the work that you're doing is obviously brilliant um I'd imagine that that kind of sector um, of employment and entrepreneurship and things is probably um, probably male dominant at the moment. So um, trying to encourage girls at, at that young age, um, that's something that they'd like to do um, is definitely brilliant. So um, I suppose um, going forward, um, like just having a lot of confidence and self-belief um, in any ideas that you have and um just kind of trying to develop them and um bring them to fruition um and i suppose with the work that you're doing as well that that will definitely help and um different things like the setbacks i've had and the opportunities that have come my way just to to take everything as it comes and um just to to grow as as things happen and things like that um and i suppose the, a big thing as well is the the cross coders initiative that actually got me um over to australia um, like they saw probably a gap in the market um, for Irish girls to come over. Um, we played Gaelic football all our lives and um, our skill set is, is quite similar. So um, the first girl came out, um, she was drafted by Giants um, in the 2017 season, I think, or 2018 season. Um, so she was the only Irish girl here, but she did uh, in Australia, but she did um, really well. So the cross coders mm. kind of took from that and saw that there was a gap and um, they just went for it and I suppose they probably came up against a lot of obstacles as well about getting athletes from the other side of the world to Australia and how it would go but 
Um, there's now, I think, 15 girls going to be playing in the AFLW next season. So um, it just shows when you have an idea and you have your own self-belief behind it and things like that, that um, once you kind of drive it yourself and um, get people kind of to believe in it as well, um, that definitely you can you can achieve anything. So um, that's just a small example of something that, that has grown even just in the last um, two years. So I don't know whether this is a bit of an unfair question, but what about Australian girls coming over and playing Gaelic football? You know, is that possible? You know, why don't we share that share back that way? Um, yeah, they could. It's just that they, they wouldn't get paid for it. So um, I suppose the, um, the money side of things probably be the issue. But um, I don't know how it goes as well with regards to getting transfers in and, and things like that. But um, no, I know um, Chelsea Randall, um, one of the girls from Adelaide, she's friends with Ailish Constantine from Clare and she came over and she spent a few weeks in Ireland and um, she had a go at, at training and, and things like that. She didn't play any official games, but um, she gave it a go. So um, <laughs> I'd say it would, it would definitely be possible, but um, I think going out to, to sunny um, Australia to the beaches and the summer is probably... Um, a little bit more enticing than than coming to rainy Ireland. So, um, but sure, it could be something that could be looked into in in the future. Yeah. Great. Well, well thank you, Ashley. Is there anything else that you wanted to uh, mention while while we still got you? Um, no, I think that we kind of covered everything. So. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, really appreciate your time. It's it's such a rare opportunity to to hear from. From somebody in your shoes who've, you know, literally travelled um, a sporting career, you know, across the world and also a professional career with your physiotherapy, I, I'm still shocked at how you do it all. But um, you you, uh, you must have endless energy. So look, I really appreciate your time again, and um, thanks for talking to Girls Invent about everything that's going on for you. Thanks, Vinny, for having me. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Girls Invent podcast. Please share if you would like to inspire young women to believe in themselves and go after their hopes and dreams.